This right. is an eight iron and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite and it's in. Kind of like that. I would like to welcome to the Sub-70 podcast, Matt Janella, uh, travel expert, golf expert, lots going on, and I've uh, been looking forward to this conversation. So uh, with everything, in, you know, with your background, it should be a really interesting conversation, like I was saying before. So thanks for doing this, man. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jason. Well, the first question I want to ask you is the move from uh, Florida over to California. A lot of people are going the other way with this, and now you've kind of gone from Florida out in California, how's life treating you out there? How have you enjoyed the move sort of back to your home state? And how are things uh, settled in uh, back in California at this point? Oh, man, it's, it's um, you know, 25 years I spent on the East Coast. I left in 1995 after graduating from college and had a non-paid internship at Sports Illustrated and spent six and a half years there and then Digest for 11 years and then Golf Channel for eight years and, and kind of went you know, corner to corner. And, um, and in August we came out here and, uh, my parents are in Southern California and my dad is 88 and, um, not doing great, um, physically and mentally. And, um, my mom 83 needs a little support. Uh, we have, I have a brother in the area, I have a sister in LA. So it's kind of all hands on deck. That was a big, a big push for the move. But in addition to that, a great circle of friends down here in Southern California. Obviously I am in my roots, uh, a West coast guy. So, um, my wife was willing, uh, the kids were into it. It, uh, seemed like the timing was right. And, uh, certainly as it relates to my parents. So, um, and then tucked into, you know, I've had a long and, uh, and really a great relationship with John Ashworth, who's like a big brother to me, and obviously been a Link Soul ambassador since the beginning. And um, that whole culture and community extension to Goat Hill Park and Oceanside, got offices in Oceanside. My producer, who I'm partnering with in the Fire Pit Collective, is uh, moved from LA to San Diego. So, I mean, it, it, the the dots have all been connected, and for all the right reasons. And at this point in my life and my career. Um, it's just been, it's been perfect. Honestly, we're now, we, you know, into a house we're renting and settled and, and we've got the website launched, got the company going and open for business. It's, it's exciting. It's overwhelming. It's daunting. It's, it's scary, but it's also really cool. And don't forget the perfect weather, right? Um, Southern California, man. It's like my my wife's originally from from California. Went to college in San Diego, and you know she's stuck in the Midwest with me at this point. And she's like, you know, about this time of the year in the winter, she's always like, "What in the world are we doing here?" Like San Diego was like the most perfect climate ever. Not too hot, not too cold. Great vibes. You know, it's. Uh, I think she misses it a little bit. You know, we're here now, but what a great spot to be. Not a bad spot to be stuck. I guess is what I'm saying. So. We were, my wife and I were watching the local weather the other day and the weather lady was given the 10 day forecast. I mean, at the most exciting, dramatic thing she was talking about was she was monitoring the winds, which were going to be five to 10 miles an hour. I mean, it was, it was, it was comical. I mean, it was just big, it looked like a Saturday Night Live skit, at, you know, as though someone was pretending to do the San Diego weather. It was 72 degrees every day for the next 10 days, big yellow ball. Uh, you know, and it was, it was, it's amazing. It really is. It's as cliche as, as it gets. Yeah. It, well, exactly. That's why, you know, I love that area of the country. So I, I can't blame you for setting up camp there. Um, <laughs> one of my things, you brought this up already and I was fortunate enough to have John Ashworth on the podcast at one point in time. And it was awesome. Like, I, I'm not supposed to like kind of hero worship this stuff. You know, I'm trying to keep my sense, but like I wore those shirts playing college golf, right? Like yeah. that was the brand. That was my guy. Like it was different. It was Freddie. Like, and I think we're very close to the same age. Like, you know, 
that was the brand, and I loved what they did. And to be able to have him on the podcast, he was so cool, generous, like he was awesome. Like I just totally dug the guy's vibe, had a fantastic conversation, couldn't have been more kind. Like I'm just thrilled, you know, I had him on once. Like to be able to kind of have a friendship with one of the guys, I'm guessing you grew up in the same era I did of following that stuff and being a fan of it than to be able to have – you know, a friendship with, you know, he's an icon. Like, how cool is that? And, you know, what what have you learned from, from John and, you know, uh, the wisdom he has, all that stuff, especially starting your own company and what you're doing with it, sort of, you know, how did you guys become that good of friends? And what kind of, what's that mentorship and friendship, you know, meant to you? Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's become a, a, a big brother to me, honestly. Um, it's It goes so far beyond anything relating to sort of, business or, or, you know, um, I, I don't know, a, a, a professional life. He's, um, it started, it started like, like you said, it started because I, you know, I knew nothing about the person, obviously growing up as a kid. I, I knew when Ashworth shirts hit the, the shop, I had the pros tipping me off when I was a kid. I knew I had saved up my, you know, weekly men's club, you know, uh, credits in the shop and I could get a, I knew when I could get a Ashworth shirt or two or three, if I had a good, a good month or whatever. And, uh, and, and I always hung dry them. They, I, you know, I picked up the sleeves like Freddie did. I, I was, I was all in on Ashworth, like, like you said. And, um, then when I got to golf digest and golf world magazine, uh, one of the editors said, uh, this goes back to like 2001, and he said, "Hey, you want to come play golf with me today? We're going to, you know, Brooklawn Country Club." I said, "Oh, in, yeah." He goes, "I go, who we got?" Oh, he goes, oh, uh, "One, another guy." And he goes, "John Ashworth's playing." I go, "John Ashworth? Like, what do you mean, John Ash? Like the John? Ash- like the guy behind the?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. "My God!" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy." He's a- and I was like, "What?" And I mean, you know, and I probably like you. So I'm not. I don't get starstruck. I've been around all kinds of athletes, and it, but for me, as it related to my childhood and the impact he had on my life, and I, you know, sort of my fashion of my life, uh, I was I, I couldn't even I couldn't even get words. I when I t- I was like I couldn't believe who I was playing with. Silky smooth swing. His 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 tempo of his swing is the tempo of his life. It's like it's just such a, and I was like, and he asked more questions of me than I asked of him. He was engaged, you know. And he got my number. He sent me at that time. He would he had Fidra, yeah, uh, the, sort of the, the tweener company between Link Soul and Ashworth. So, I mean, I was oh god, you know, couldn't believe it. And we go on to be friends. You know, we we had a uh, we we would each other from time to time it was you know he would come play he sent me stuff very cool amazing it couldn't be more generous more kind and then when i got to golf channel um actually prior to golf channel he had reached out to me about his his idea of wanting to get publicity for goat hill park i was writing for golf digest he said you want to do the 100 hole hike with me because this little this whole course i played growing up is in is in jeopardy I said, absolutely in. So I thought, oh, great. And he and I and another guy played the 100-hole hike at Goat Hill Park when it was at death's door. I mean, it was it was in it was in trouble, you know, sort of physically and spiritually as a golf course. And um, and I thought, my God, what is what is this place? It was just, you know, uh, and he goes, well, I think it's got good bones. I think if I can rally the community and sure enough at a you know city council meeting that he did what he did that story's been very well told mm-hmm. and um and and i followed that so from golf digest after writing the story of the hundred hole hike then i went to golf channel and then i sort of followed i told that story for golf channel came out really spent a lot of time with them that's i've become a link soul ambassador at that time and then now we've traveled the world we've played in all these tournaments we've had all these great you know conversations and the thing I always say about John is, is, is no one, no one walks the walk like he does. This is not a guy, you know, we, we all talk a good game because we love the game, right? So we're, you know, at, at, at the very least we can talk a good game. And then a lot of us follow up, have some initiatives, do some fundraising, support charities, talk about stories that interest us because they matter. Well, he does that like times a hundred. I mean, he, you know, he's not just, he didn't just save Goat Hill Park and then move on his way. 
He's now got a 50-year lease. He's out there every day. He's in the tractor. He's got the shovel, the rake. He's he's got a project. He's he's and and everybody's bought into his vision. So it's not just him. It it literally is the local cement guy and the superintendent's been there for 35, 40 years. It's he's he's converted kids from being in gangs to being sort of scratch handicaps and parking carts and caddying in the junior caddy academy. And he's I mean it is one of the most special, you know, true stories in the fabric of golf in America that a lot of people phone call. Hey, how did John Ashford, how did he do that? What's, what was the formula? How did it? And I said, and he says it. And therefore I say it as it relates to winter park nine and Florida, you've got to have that local commitment, that local leader who says we can do something about this and then rallies the necessary, you know, uh, voices and politicians and sort of get the red tape. And, you know, that's, that's, I'm learning, I'm learning from him in that respect in terms of, you know, the investment into, uh, you know, municipal golf and community golf, but it's also just the, the walk, the walk stuff. It's the, it's, you know, it, this, this, what he's doing, what, we try to do as uh, as people who care about the game and 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 society in general is it's it's about day to day commitment to community green space treat it golf as a park that happens to have tees and greens uh there's they create the hang the vibe the acceptance the uh the the um the room to grow like create the you can't just say grow the game right that's what i'm saying is a lot of people say grow the grant grow the game no you got to create the space for the game to grow and that's what he's done and that's what's happening what do you think you know golf courses in general and it's i know it, it, it can change from private to public but just kind of from 1000 feet like and i'm a huge fan of what he's done out there and i love the vibe and I, he was kind enough to say hey if you're ever out there come and play then covid hit and you know we haven't traveled much so I, i'm yeah. going to see it at some point but i you know from afar i love everything about it what do you and you've played golf all over the world and played you know the best courses and the munis and all of it so you get a good perspective of this but what do you think golf courses in general could kind of learn from what John and, and that group has done at Goat Hill to kind of bring to their own golf courses? It might never capture that Southern California exact vibe, but is there a couple, one or two, three things that you see that that's why that's working there? And if other courses thought that way, golf might be, you know, in a, in a definitely place to grow for the future and, and maybe, you know, golf's booming per se right now, but even be more healthy for the next 10, 15, 20 years. It's just, it's just, it's just less, less rule. It's just less restrictions, less rules. And I don't mean it, it means you play sixums and you play in six hours and you, you know, it's a, it's a dumpster fire out there. It, 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 there is, there is, there's, there's rules, right? There's kind of respectful uh, rules of baseline rules of the game, but it's like say yes first and no second you know what i mean too many places say no 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 well how about i don't know let's check it out let's see what if does it make sense yeah okay hey we got an open golf course yeah you can play five just keep up with the group in front of you or yeah uh jeans t-shirts uh music uh no problem um you, you know what i'm saying like there's just mm-hmm. that general there's just that general again going back to acceptance he also it's a 4,500 yard golf course, par 65. Uh, he created kids tee, you know, called the goat, you know, the goat tees uh, for the kids to play forward tees. It's because it's not easy. You know, people rock up and see 4,500 yards, uh, $35, par 65, oh, piece of cake. It's not, it's called, you know, because of the undulation, um, the, the, the par threes are tough shots that, you know, there's a lot of risk reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, small greens, they can, they roll them pretty fast. So it's not, it's not that it's easy. It's just that, uh, the narratives are shorter, you know, with, with a shorter golf course, the narratives become shorter. So you get less eights and nines, you know, you get more fours and fives by virtue of just the distance anyway um and then he took a little plot of land off to the side that had no business being anything other than just it seemed like a junk zone 
and he and he added dirt and created a three-hole kids course called the playground that kids can play for free. There's a donation box. He created a sand pit above that, so if the littlest little kids can't do that and parents need to watch the little kids while the other kids go play they have picnic tables up there they got music playing they keep the lights on they have a fire pit that's always going uh, as you finish around you gravitate towards the fire pit it becomes more of like a social gathering they've got disc golf happening simultaneously as big golf he just redid the whole driving range and made it uh, bigger better um and, you know it's th- these little things, it's just one piece after the next. Um, and he's not stopping. There's a project going, there's at least two, three projects going constantly, tweaking a green, tweaking a T, adding a T, flattening this, you know, creating an option over here. I mean, th- it's just nonstop. And, um, and again, he's in the mi- middle of it. So all of that, um, he's got a great team of people there helping run the golf course setting up events constantly uh, you know the membership doesn't mean if you're a member at go to a park doesn't mean you then get better tea times uh than the people who rock up and pay it just means you get access to some of the events you get discounts in the pro shop because a lot of people like winter park nine they give memberships and those members act like they got the right away over paying customers at a 25 30 dollar municipal now you've just now you've got mm-hmm. the people who are paying $5 to play golf, acting like they're paying $500 to play golf over the people who just came out of town. You know, that's a municipal yeah. If you want that, go join a country club. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is So there's a couple of flaws in some of the business models as it relates to municipal golf that Goat Hill Park doesn't fall into. And that, that helps a lot. So um, it's, it's so special. I'm so happy to be so close and be a part of it. Yeah, it's so cool. And there's a there's a shift I think going in golf. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be a member at a at a club here locally, and it's been around since 1901. And you 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 know it's it's out in the country a little bit, so it's you know it's not it's never was stuffy. But there's even like a if you're like say 45, 50 and under, there's a little generational divide of kind of what the old guard wants and what the younger families want, and you know people small kids. It's going to be interesting to see what's the landscape of of golf courses private public look like over the next 10 or 15 years i think i mean there's always going to be room for the chicago golf clubs in the world and i love those places as well if you're fortunate enough to get to go and play them every now and then but i kind of like the relaxed vibe hang you know and i think you're going to see it change that's my opinion at least a little bit over time right and 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 make it a little bit more chill for lack of a better word or just a little bit more of a you know an easier hang versus uh you know, when I joined out there 20, 20 some years ago, it was definitely a little more formal. So I, I like the way it's sort of hopefully going here a little bit in the, in the game with that regard. Well, I think it's happened, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, if you're a golf court, I guess I agree with you, you know, there's, there's going to be X number of uh, well-established private country clubs uh, that are, you know, they're, they're not changing anytime soon. They've nor, got their establishment. Nor should membership. they, right? Like, no, nor should, should they. they. Hey, right. more Absolutely. power to them. Hey, you've, you know, you got, it's like, it's like a Porsche dealer or a high-end uh, a, a restaurant experience or, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a hotel that charges 2500 a night. I'm never staying there, but I'm not going to begrudge someone for having that, uh, that business. If they can make it work, good for them. Go Godspeed. Good, you know, good on you. Um, not every car needs to be affordable. Not every house needs to be, you know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. various degrees of, of where we plug into and we start one place and go to the next. But what golf was missing was those bunny slopes enough that of that, that, that feeder system into the double diamonds or the private club experiences and municipals have always been at the base of all of that. I think we got away with that. So what's happening in that middle zone. So if you're not that successful private club and you're not that really thriving, successful, good vibe muni, and you're now falling into that middle. Now you got to look in the mirror and say, and have been, you've had to spend the last 10 years since 2008, taking a good long look in the mirror to say, what are we, are we private? Are, do we have the membership to support this? If not, do we go semi-private? If you're summer private, do you go full public? If you're public, do you go full like muni public or do you try to go high end? It's all that that price point, whatever you set that price point at, then sets the expectation. And that expectation means everything. If I'm at a $50 golf course, it's a, my expectations are a lot different than if I'm at a $100 or $150 golf course. You want to get north of $100, 
you better be delivering a $500 experience or I'm not coming back. Do you know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. always say this, and you've heard this a million times, but the problem with golf is not a $500 green fee. It's a $500 green fee that des- delivers a $50 experience. Mm-hmm. Pebble Beach is a $500 green fee that delivers a, you know, for most people, a priceless experience. That's Agreed. why they're, that's a- why they're booked. That's why they're Pebble. Correct. It's like walking. I mean, I love, I mean, I mean, I played it I think three times and it's not cheap. But I've never not played it and thought it wasn't worth the experience. And I don't even care if it was a seven-hour round of golf. Like, you're just playing golf yeah. at a museum. It's well, no, just yeah, no one, No one goes to Pebble to try to play in four hours. It's no. such bullshit. People say, right. oh, five and a half hours. Oh, my God. Cares. You're complaining? You're no. complaining? Yeah. Who's got the problem if you're complaining about being on Pebble Beach for five and a half hours? you yes. got the problem. You I don't want I mean? to end, right? And I, and I play <laughs> exactly. golf fast. I'm like, I'll be out there all day looking at that, right? It's no brilliant. problem. More time for pictures. Right. And, you know, and, and, and the other, the, the opposite is take Doral, and I, and I use Doral all the time because 500, it's basically the same price to play Pebble. I've been on social media since the beginning. I can count on one hand how many times I see someone play Doral and say, wow, this is awesome. 550. I lost 12 balls. I shot mm-hmm. 110. And what a great experience. The airplanes are landing on my head. And I got no coastline. It's amazing. Right. No, nobody's. But at Pebble, you can't go 10 minutes without seeing someone saying, oh, my dad and I, uh, this is a lifelong dream. We're playing Pebble. You know, look at this coastline. What a day we had. Uh, made birdie the eighth hole, whatever. Yeah. That's happening all the time. It's a, it's a, yeah, and it's weird. It's weird to say, you know, is a, is it worth a five, six hundred dollar round of golf? And you can actually go, yeah, it kind of is for that one, right? Like it really yeah, is. For, like, at least once. I mean, at least once. And that's, and that's, and again, that's their business model based on sort of, you know, the the, the experience and the service and the and the the satisfaction of what it is to walk off that eighteenth green and say, I played Pebble Beach today. Well, but the other cool thing is like what's happening, and I'm sure you've, you, I don't know how many of them you played, but I'm assuming you played most of them, of uh, what Mr. Meldman's doing with uh, Discovery Land Properties, right? Like, yeah. it is high end, but is that not the coolest experience to go hang out there for a day? It's yeah, awesome. and again, that's, that, that's, you know, that's, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate, and you just said it, the word experience is, is what, is what that's about. You know what I mean? For, and, and, and that's funny money and something that I'll never have in my li- my lifetime, but there are people who do. And he's, he's, you know, he's cultivated that culture and that community, not unlike, you know, that's a, that's a culture and a community. Yeah. Different than Goat Hill Park, but it's the same kind of thing. He's delivering that experience. He's, he, that's his vision. That's that, that, that it, it, people who buy into it come with set level ex- expectations, and he over delivers. Good fun. for him. It's just the golf courses are great, Good but it him. was just it's, it's fun, right? Like the the food, the doing tequila shots with the cat, like it's just a blast, right? Like how do you Everything. not have a smile on your face the entire time you're out there, right? Like there you go. It's, it's awesome. Go. I love that vibe. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So we'll get in golf a little bit later. But you, you're you're your own boss now. You have uh, you have started the, the the Fire Pit podcast, which I've listened to. It's great. I also know you have a production company going. So, how do you like running the show? You know, what's the the, the good, the bad, and you know, what sort of uh, pathway has the, the the first couple segments? You know, where you say were you about year year and a half into at this point? Like, what have you kind of learned, and what should we be looking forward to, kind of in the future of where you see this can you know, this project that you've started kind of winds up or which pathway do you see it going on? Well, yeah, what, what could go wrong launching a travel-based production company in the face of, you know, a global pandemic. But yeah. I, I, I think that, um, I think that at, at the end of the day, uh, having now, like I said, SI golf digest golf channel and, and developing, you know, the sort of the photography, the writing and the broadcasting kind of a toolbox of, of a variety of things, uh, relationships, uh, perspective, and traveled, uh, you know, the way I have for, for the last 12 to 15 years, um, specifically, you know, covering uh, sort of the development or evolution of the game. It just felt like the timing was right. We really didn't get the site up until February 1st of this year. I had a non-compete after I left Golf Advisor and Golf Channel at um, – at the end of 2019. So all 2020 was really uh, trying to, you know, sort of organize the verticals and a strategy and the partnerships and the team around me. And 
Um, I feel, you know, very cautiously optimistic. I, I will say that uh, the freedom, the control over content, uh, the ability to, you know, I, I feel like when we go out, we're chasing stories for, you know, the, at the, the common denominator to all verticals of the fire pit collective is storytelling. So what, what's a great story? Go find a good story. And then what's the best platform to deliver that story? In most cases, it's always going to be multiple platforms, but uh, long form, medium form, long form podcast or written form, medium form, digital, uh, short form, social teasing all the way up to, you know, the long form and um, really big announcement coming here in the next two weeks about adding some, adding some content uh, creation to the collective, which is, which is going to be really cool. Uh, Can't reveal that secret right now, but it will be coming out in the next two weeks. And that, that's going to be really cool. Sort of um, this curation of of content. You know, I've got the ambush. We're bringing it back, which I did for Golf Digest, was a celebration of the buddies trips. Uh, traditional travel in the in the form of journeys, we call it. Uh, features on people, places, and things that 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 need uh, extra attention or deserve a deeper dive. I'll have a you know I have a blog going now on the firepitcollective.com, and then the Fire Pit Podcast, which I'm I'm deep into season two of the interviews. We're doing 400, you know, 200 to 400 minutes of interviews for a 20 to 40 minute podcast on a, on a, any variety of, of subject matters. And it's really just a matter of what interests me. And um, then hopefully other people f- find it to be interesting as well. So um, I, I think this is what I needed to do. Uh, the timing seemed right where I'm at in my life and career and with the, the tool set I have. And I, and um, I'm just, you know, this was something I needed to do regardless, one way or the other. I needed to scratch this itch and prove to myself that I can, that I can do it after, you know, getting frustrated with certain sort of aspects of, of the way the content got put together. I always say, like, for me, the inefficiency of going out and, you know, sort of killing a cow and only, only eating the filet just doesn't make any sense. You've got to find ways to make sure that all parts of that cow get used and distributed and um, and that's that's the mindset we have going into almost everything we do now. Is there uh, an episode or, or an interview? I should. Not, you're not really like interviewing people like I'm kind of doing here. But like an episode. Is there is there one or two characters in golf that you haven't been able to get yet, even with all the connections you got? That you're like, I think this would be such an interesting dive. This person. This situation is there one or two and if it's something like close don't say it but if it is for public consumption is there just like i think this would be the most interesting story or person if i could make it happen boy i i made a list for myself in season two and as of right now i have the guts of everything you know like these next 15 episodes are sort of that i made that list right the, the thing here's what i really want to do i I, I really want to tell the story of Stream Song, uh, the simultaneous build of Red and Blue with Cor yeah. Crenshaw and Tom Doak, and uh, going, you know, these two modern architectural firms side by side, divvying up this piece of property that essentially was going to have, you know, 36 greens, so to speak, um, and which who goes where, who goes for, you know, who picks the the and. And there's there's a lot of great stories. I've, I've reported a lot of the stories, but I want to go back and get all the voices. Well, Tom Doak really doesn't talk to me. <laughs> uh, really, I, I figured I, you know because he does yeah. you know the Fried Egg podcast, and I think he's very good. I mean, obviously he's yeah. he knows golf course architecture. I thought that would uh, thought that one would be in your wheelhouse to have Mr. Doak on there. Well, no. I think I think uh, I think I've pissed him off over the years on being critical of his greens and um and sort of his his style um both you know as an architect and a and a person so i don't know you know i i can still tell the story you know without him but but it's it's one of those things that you know um it's interesting it's a you know it's all good i i i don't you know I get it. I get it. If you're critical of someone, if you're critical of someone, you do, you don't always get it both ways, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Well, it's such a great, I mean, that's going to be an interesting story. Um, I mean, that's just an interesting project at stream song. I've been fortunate enough to go on there and play. It's just fantastic. Right. Like who knew that topography was in Florida? Like just the yeah. coolest thing ever. 
Yeah, I mean, what they did was 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 a very good use of sixteen thousand acres of you know as they've gone through as a company mosaic, a fertilizer company, and extracted all the minerals and stuff out of the out of the land. A byproduct of of sort of the phosphate mining is in in theory it's kind of purified sand because they extract everything, then they blow it back out. Then they've been doing it for half a century, and so you get these what looks to be really natural dunes when in fact, you know, they've kind of blown it around um, out of the back of a truck, but then also the wind comes and, you know, they gets pretty windy out there. So you have that. They've made great use of that space, created a lot of jobs and, and industry and, and travel and, and, um, and, and two and, and three now three and, you know, pretty damn good golf experiences. Um, and obviously the, you know, the, the, the crux of hole to hole and routing and all that stuff is all subjective. But I would say when you got Gil, Tom and Corn Crenshaw, you're definitely going to have uh, a very high level experience for sure. Well, you, you've played a lot of golf courses in your, in your days of doing this. So let's, let's jump into that a little bit. So just like from, you know, 5,000 feet, in, in this might not even be as much of an experience question or that of just like just golf course architecture. Like what in your mind makes a really good golf course? Well, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to, you know, Jeff Shackelford and I have gone around and around over the, you know, long years of, of doing this about, you know, what is, what is a great golf course? What is it for me? It, it you know, I do tend to evaluate the overall experience Obviously, architecture has a lot to do with that experience, uh, the fun factor, the playability, um, the adventure, you know, the the um, variety, all that. Yes, I get it. It's, it is that's inherent to architecture. And um, but I also do factor in sort of that that parking lot to parking lot experience of when you arrive and the vibe and the feel and the service and the conditioning and the you know, the halfway house and the, you know what I'm saying? That, that, mm-hmm. because that, because that is how we consume the game. We don't actually just rock up, go right to the first tee, play 18 holes and leave. You know what I mean? There's, there is all this other ancillary stuff happening around the experience of a, of, of a golf course. Um, I, I certainly like, I certainly, I, I'm, I have no problem with, you know, a li- you know, six hard, six fairly easy and six somewhere in between, uh, you know, uh, pin placements, T marker, you know, distance yardage, all that, all that plays into it. I, I, I gravitate to the core and Crenshaw's because of, you know, just their, their, I call it thoughtful architecture um, where it feels like, you know, as Ben and Bill have explained to me that, you know, that last 60 to 40 yards leading into the green, they try to they try to treat it like the front of a house. Well, do, do you want to put a bunch of plants and and tricks and and games to, in, in the walkway, getting from you know the the sidewalk to the front door? No, you create a path, you create a walkway, you allow people, uh, steps if they have to go. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. you create a, an avenue, an entrance into the front door, so people can come up and knock and say, hey, I, I'd like to go visit. You know. Uh, hey, we're at their house. Let's go. Let's go say hello. You know what I mean? It's so. I love that. I love that. That those subtleties, the ball bouncing sort of towards the green as opposed to away from it. You know, little nuanced stuff. B- bunker placement that you know it seems like it makes sense. Hey, if you miss a shot, okay, there's a bunker. If you hit a good shot, you're going to have a good result. Uh, something along the lines of fair, um, reasonable, uh, thoughtful. Uh, all that you know you start picking up on things over time i have i love quirky i love the adventure i love you know i love goat hill park 4500 yards par 65 very tough but super fair and fun you know what i mean and 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 again 35 dollars uh so you know again that price point also sets expectations of what what you what you what you are going to um, endure. Um, I'm not into flat generic, you know, must ride in a golf cart, a golf courses that are built on property that probably should have never been an 18 hole golf course experience. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that just, it's, um, I don't enjoy that. Not, you know, not many people do is if they have options, you know, they, 
they'll go somewhere else. And right now we have such a buyer's market that we have so many good experiences at our, at our fingertips, at our disposal. And um, I think that's what's, that's why we have this transformation and evolution of the game now where the good ones, you know, are, are setting this, this, the stage, you know, what destination top popular destination doesn't, doesn't have good golf and also a good short course experience. Bandon did the preserve and the punch bowl and Pinehurst, you know, sort of had the putting course that they moved now closer to the clubhouse and added the cradle, re, re, you know, reimagined their property. So uh, Straits is now adding a short course. Forest Dunes just added a short course. Um, I think Stream Song's going to look to sort of figure out a way to have a more traditional short course experience to go with the other three big golf courses. Uh, this, you know, this is where Pebbles now reimagined their short course to make it more of a significant, significant experience. Um, and the list just goes on and on. And, and that, again, we win. We, the consumer, benefit from all that. I, I think, too, there's been a good uh, move away from, you know, my golf course is super hard. How hard is your golf course? Like some of the architecture <laughs> in the late 80s. It's just, well, I watch that today at concession, man. Like, uh, I... I, I, I wouldn't want to play, and I'm a good player, and I wouldn't want to play that every day. I mean, no, no. There's no. just, uh, you know, the, you're talking the best players in the world are making seven and eights, and it can happen in a millisecond. Can you imagine the average yeah. 15 handicap playing that course, even from 6,200 yards of the shit show that would look like? No, I, I have no. I, I, I'm at a point in my life. I just have no interest. I have, I, you know, Kiowa, Doral. Um, uh, a concession like I, I, we remember we pay to play we pay to play that and to feel horrible about yourself or to feel guilty about the five hours you just took to go do it or to feel about the guilty about the money you're spending it just it doesn't work it it, it does not it does not work um sawgrass is tough like that you know i'd rather pay 450 dollars to play 16 through 18 six times than you know than then pay to play all the other whole, you know what I'm saying? Like it just starts yeah, getting no. down to like, it's not, I'm here to have fun. This is a game. I've taken time out of my life. I've taken money out of my, my, my account. I, if I'm not walking off being like focusing more on the camaraderie and the people I'm with and the fun factor that I had and the, and the near misses or the great experience, good service, then I'm out. I'm moving on. Yeah, this, you know, making your golf course, you know, uh, what they did at uh, Cog Hill, you know, when they tried to get the U.S. Open on there. And basically, you know, yeah. there, there ain't going to be a tour event out there again. Like, that ain't happening. Like, that course is hard for the average player. Then they didn't get the U.S. Open. And now it's like, well, do you, you know, does the even an eight handicap really want to go out there and play that thing? I mean, all the greens are pushed nine, you know, feet up in the air and deep bunkers. And, I mean, it's a shit show. And yeah. I, I love the fact that it's kind of, Going with some width off the fairway, like, and I'm a huge fan of Core Crenshaw design. My favorite golf course in the world, Sand Hills, out in Mullen. I think it's it changed the way I thought about golf course architecture when I played it, you know, 15 years ago. I thought it was just incredible, and the variety and the let the land kind of naturally, you know, make the whole sort of work without tricking it up. And I like having a little bit of width off the tee, right? It's just fun. It's fun oh, to have yeah. it. So I love how we're kind of taking the new best golf courses are a little bit of that golden age architecture, and they're not, you know, they're not going to overpunish the golfer and make that experience fun again. Versus, let's make basically a, a replica of a 1983 U.S. Open and call it our country club, you know, and everyone's hacking. It's just I'm glad we're getting away from that a little bit. At least in my opinion, oh, yeah. it seems like we are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, again, same thing that we said about about private courses. Hey, there's always going to be X number of that are out there that are, have that kind of business model. Well, there's always going to be an X number of places like, you know, like Kiwa, like Doral Blue, like Sawgrass, like you know, um, Beth, you know, Beth Page Blackworks. So right. even Pinehurst Number Two, by the way, that 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 is a ball breaker, but. They have all the diversity of in their portfolio to say, okay, exactly. you, you do know, that once. Go, you do that one, and you play right. all the other one. You know, three, right. five, cradle. You know, you go four. You go mid pines, pine needles while you're in the area. Like you, you augment that experience. Like if 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 Beth Page was only Beth Page Black, and they charged 
$500, would it be Beth Page Black? No, it'd probably be gone because it's, it's, such a, it's, such a, it's a kick in the nuts. But they've got the red, the green, right. the blue, the yellow. They have the price point set at $65 and $75 for, for New York State residents. It makes sense. So you go play red or blue a couple times. And, hey, once every three or four months, you and your buddies might, let's play black. Okay, let's give it a go. You know what I mean? That's the way it works. And um and so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, um, to your point, it's definitely how many, you know, most architects right now aren't busy building new courses. They're busy reimagining failed golf courses or mm-hmm. golf courses that were too hard, need better pace of play, more playability, more fun factor, more of that experience we talked about earlier. Is there a couple, two or three places that you still want to visit to go play that's on the list that maybe with COVID or everything happened you haven't seen yet that you're like, I can't wait to get out there from what I've heard? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go see Congaree and Ohupi in April, the week after the Masters, which, you know, Ohupi, uh, the, the match play course with a different kind of strategy Gil Hans built that, you know, um, I'm really looking forward to. And, and Congaree has, you know, I'm, I've, I've only you know heard about it and seen pictures. I haven't gotten to Sweeten's Cove yet. I feel like that I've seen, read, and heard so much about it, almost like I could take you hole by hole. But I do need to do need to see that for myself and uh, and understand uh, you know King Collins you know a little better. Um, certainly love their uh, their attitude and energy around the game. And um, but uh, I need to see that uh, here in the near future. I. I uh, love Sand Valley. You know, that's, I, I look forward to getting back to that. Um, I, I need to get back to Big Cedar Lodge to see Payne's Valley and see how they're kind of connecting those dots as they, they, you know, they built so much golf so fast. Uh, it's like now, how is it all coming together and functioning as, as one destination? I look forward to seeing that. Have you ever, did you ever make it out to play Lynx Lasonia in Southern Wisconsin yet? I did. I did. I, last time I was at, um, Kohler, I, I took my son and we drove out there and we got in a cart, just the two of them. He was two and a half. I changed the diaper on like the 16th fairway. It was so, so cute. Um, and I mean, it was, it was everything, you know, that I thought it might be based on what I had seen and heard. It was just this ultimate romp, you know, around this beautiful piece of land and great talk about attitude, energy, vibe you know checking all the boxes and um the affordability and and uh, yes i mean uh, i I can't can't say everybody was right so to speak you know what i mean a lot of places i feel like i go there first and try to report about you know at first but you know early on uh, as places are being developed but that was one that i'd heard a lot about and thought i need to get there i went there and it exceeded expectations yeah it's fantastic it's it's just so cool um you know, and that's really kind of gone up the rankings, you know, kind of an area here of like, you know, where is that at sort of in the last 10 years? I mean, there's more and more buzz about this little Lynx golf course, you know, in, in, in southern <laughs> Wisconsin, how good it is. But it is fantastic golf course. But exactly what you said, though, there, you know, it's there's some holes you can get, but it doesn't kick your teeth in. But yet when that wind comes up, that golf course can play. It can play tough. It can ask, you know, it can ask a lot of your game. It's a perfect balance. Such a great place. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I can't wait to see what King Collins is going to be doing out in Homer, Nebraska, too. That property looks fantastic for what they're doing. <laughs> so those guys are on a run. I love what they're doing as well, right? Like it's yeah. to me, it's like yeah. those guys get it. Those guys get it. Oh yeah, and I and 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 you know, I, I think they they get it. You know, they they've they always got it, and now they're getting the opportunities to to continue to show they get it. You know what I mean? And that's that's what needed to happen. Is just they need opportunities, you know, when you get guys who have worked, you know, worked for a good art taken bits and pieces of their, you know, sort of their experience in life and rolled it into their own thing. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's not unlike what I'm trying to do with my own thing or what you try to do with your own thing. That's, that's the way this works. We evolve as people and professionals and then we get chances and opportunities and then it's up to us. I got a couple more quick hitters, and we'll uh, get you back to to helping out with the kids here. But uh, <laughs> I, I saw Bubba was out at uh, at Goat Hill, and uh, first off, did you get to play with him? And if you did, what does that look like from you know a par sixty five golf course? Like, is it just it's got to be insane good of the golf shots he's creating on that little golf course, and 
in playing Bubba golf out there. He did. He, he, he is now a link soul ambassador and he bought into John and uh, John Ashworth and Jeff Cunningham and their, their, their mindset and philosophy as it relates to their brand. And he invested in their company and he's out here a couple of days. And like I said, our, our office is now for, for the fire pit collective are right above the link soul offices in Oceanside. And, um, and we, we sort of hung out, had lunch. And then John and I uh, went up and we went to Goat Hill with him and John and I, you know, scrambled against Bubba for six holes as kind of his introduction to Goat Hill Park. And um, to watch him play it is is like watching someone play golden tee, the way he shapes shots and flights things down or takes them up and over the eucalyptus trees and tries to drive the greens or his short game um, off the, you know, the rock outcroppings and the, you know, the different, <laughs> the different imperfections around uh, the periphery of the greens, watching Bubba na- navigate those as a guy who grew up on that type of, of golf experience. He, he looked and felt right at home. He um, could not have been nicer, couldn't have been more engaged in the community aspect of it all, had nothing but questions and uh, thoughts on on how he would like to sort of continue to advance the ball there. He came back with a couple friends and uh, you'll see here in the near future, we, we videoed him playing the complete golf course twice now as he tries to break the course record, which is nine under in 18 holes. Um, so we have, we've banked some content that we'll be putting out here in the near future of Bubba versus the goat uh, as he tries to break the course record. And um, that, so you'll see the, you know, the shot tracers and the angles of attack and the plotting of the, where he goes and how he goes there and some of the strategic, you know, elements. Again, uh, here's a guy who, you know, one of the longer guys on tour, two-time Masters champ. And I can promise you when you see this, uh, distance, <laughs> distance is not a, distance is a factor in the sense that, it's almost like not long enough for him. You know what I mean? It's right. it, say be kind of you know, handcuffed on some holes, it's, right? It's counterintuitive and all that. So I think shorter is better. Riviera, Harbor Town, all these different places that force you to hit your marks, make your turns, you know, have small greens, uh, use a short game, work the ball right, left, like that. That's where we need to go with this. I, you know, I despise the idea of rolling back the ball, certainly for amateurs, as we all try to keep distance, maintain our, 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 our path to sort of a better game. You know, I, I, I don't need that slap in the face of yeah, just sort of give, the, that one made no sense. Cause even if you looked at the report besides the one tenth of one quarter of 1%, all of us relatively <laughs> else are hitting the ball the same distance. There's not a huge gain for even like mid, like five handicaps. It's not like, they're hitting it 30 yards further. So now, I, my argument is always our tips at Kishwaukee Country Club at home here are 6,400 yards. It's rare for the best players to even break par out there. Look right? at Bandit. Look at all the courses at Bandit. We play them for our annual buddy trip at 62, 6,300 yards, and you get the elements. And you get it. It's still yeah, like it's, it's we go out there with like, plus two, plus fours. They all shoot above par. It's like, give me a break. I mean, yeah. it's not. Eh. Yeah, they can't change the rule for literally Bubba talent. Right, because no. it's no. it's. I don't know. You're going to have an outcry if people go back. If they're if the average guy with 95 mile an hour club bit speed, actually more than average, is hitting at 230, and you have him hit at 208, yeah. people are going to be pissed. Well, the they're other just thing say, is, screw the rules. Just give me the er- give me the goddamn ball that was before. I don't care. Everybody, everybody has spent so much money getting fit, getting their equipment, getting the upgrades, all these different course owners and operators have spent so much money updating their golf courses, putting the bunkers where they need to be, getting everything all set. And then, and now we're going to go backwards. Yeah. It's if they do it, they just got to do it like major league baseball or the NFL with the foot. I mean, the football is different than the NFL than it is for college, right? They just just... create rules for that. If you're there, that concern. And then I don't see the tour going with it. I don't see the tour saying, yeah, okay. You know, we, we sell X amount of tickets to watch people hit, you know, 320, Um, 330 yard drives. Uh, Yeah. Maybe we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll agree to trying to sell more tickets to watch guys hit 285 yard drives. It's not going to happen. Or they're just going to make their own local rules or however they want to do it. They say, we're just going to make our own rules and it's for the PGA tour. Then the U S yeah, yeah, I I agree. Cause I mean, like I said, I don't want to, you know, I can see two seventy five at my club. (laughs) If I'm going out to the John Deere classic, I want to see someone hit a shot that I can't even dream 
of even seeing it at my own club hit, let alone myself, right? I want to be odd. It's crazy. And we got, we got these different venues with different characters and different attributes and different, you know, demands, just like the baseball venues as they change, you know, uh, I just don't see, I just don't, I don't see, Oh, look at all, you know, Steph Curry starts hitting a bunch of threes. It doesn't mean they make the rim smaller or the ball bigger, or they raise the rim, you know, higher. It's just, we celebrate his expertise and what he took, what he put into the game to try to be great at what he does. It's the, the golf is the only sport. I hate this sort of cloud and this discourse of negativity. But when, you know, we're watching a major championship and Bryson DeChambeau has put in time and energy and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, commitment uh, and, and resources into trying to be, be better, not to not only just hit the ball further, but his putting stats, his short game says what he did that week of the U.S. Open. Instead of just being like, wow, this is amazing. It was like, oh, my God, they did golf. The, the world's coming to an end, right? Like, uh, the world's yeah, coming right. to an end <laughs> yeah. when a guy goes out. And it's not like DJ, um, uh, Rom, Rory, uh, uh, um, you know, list all the long – Bubba, for that matter, all the longest guys – they're not winning every week. It drives me crazy. I mean, uh, when's the last time Rory won? When's the last Tony Finau can be one of the longest players on tour at any given second. When's the last time he won? What are we doing? Yeah, you know, Brian Gay has won since Rory, and Rory hits it 50 <laughs> past him. I know. Right? His old man, it's Brian like, Gay, like, I love when he crazy. won. It's like, he's my man. He's out there poking it, you know, poking it. So 290. But he's playing yeah. like old man golf and making twelve footers all day and working his way around a golf course. He's got the W. Like distance, right? distance, like, distance is only one aspect of the game. You can't yes. win by hitting three hundred fifty yard drives. It's not happening. If they, if you looked at Bryson's short game stats for the week at the U.S. Open, it was off the charts. That's exactly. why he won. Of course, it was. That's why he won. Of course, right? The drive helps set that up. But he made a bunch of putts, and he's so improved that aspect of his game. That's actually a bigger difference than the drive. And instead of celebrating it, it was like it, the, the the game is dead. We're, we we lost it. It's over. We we. Well, you know, I, I'm we on the manufacturing side, and and I I mean it would it would be bad. I mean you're just I, I don't know how it would play out. Like so then we have to you know do is our new driver now having to bring back and then like are we going to sell any or are people just going to say screw it. Just give me the old stats. I don't care anymore. And does the USJ become less relevant if people just say, I, 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 "Whatever," right? I'm just well, going to go Mike by Davis. Their... Mike Davis is giving <laughs> Mike poor Mike Juan a big old shit sandwich as they as they transition into the uh, into the new new era. But I I think Juan is capable of of being incredibly reasonable and um, thoughtful, and and we'll see where it goes. Um, but um, at the end of the day. You know, and this is, you know, the, this is what we always said at Golf Digest. Our favorite golfer is ourselves, right? Our The golfer that matters the most is the one that we look at in the mirror. That's the one that we're trying. Like, that's why I go to the range. That's what, like, and if, if, as long as they don't mess with me, I don't, I really don't care what happens to the pro level. It's like, go do whatever you guys are going to do to that point, you know, 2% or whatever. Have at it. But just do it. Whatever you're going to do, do it. Move on. Stop the discourse going in the wrong direction. I don't. Well, I don't need to hear. Before it we get this deep into, it, I still think they made a huge mistake by banning the belly putter. Like, well, that's just another. Jesus, thing. It's like, let you know, some old dude uh, yeah. who's got a uh, you know a yip from uh, eight feet. Let him lock it in and, and have a shot at it, right? Like, uh, I mean, it's, it's not it's like crazy, right? Uh, uh, Jason, this, this idea, you know, we, we, we talk about this love and this evolution and the, the, the transformation, the progression that we make growing the game and now more kids, more women. We've got this unbelievable, uh, you know, silver lining to a global pandemic in that that golf has been revitalized and people are realizing, oh, you know what? I can get out, have some time with family, get off the cell phones, get out of the house, have a safe, uh, you know, experience and a walk on green space. Oh, this is amazing. And then, you know, and then, and then you got the governing bodies being like, no, hey, uh, I'm going to take away. You can't the lock it in. Don't lock it in from eight feet and have I'm a gonna, shot. I'm right. going to roll back the ball. I mean, it's like the governing bodies are working against the growth of the game. It's craziness. What is happening? Drives me crazy. Some of the guys in our group, they still use belly putters. I mean, right. They're, they're just, they're like, I, I don't care. 
I don't know. We, we just like, look, I can't putt without it. You know, one of my good friends is a doctor. He's busy. He's just putting with the – he's just using the damn thing. He's never yeah. stopped. Like, he's like, I really don't care. Right? I'm just No, no it's so, like, hey, wait, let's go to the basketball court and see. Hey, everybody's making shots from 10 feet. Okay, here's a new rule. You can only use one hand. One hand. You can only use one hand because I don't like the fact that the ball keeps going in the net. That is the game, right? The game is to actually go have fun and have some success and feel good about yourself. You did pay to play, and we're going to come in there and try to make it harder for you? Yes, and also I would say on the PGA Tour, the stats never backed up that the best putters in the world were just, you know, <laughs> drilling. You know, Keegan Bradley was just drilling know, people because he had it locked in. <laughs> right? Like he's just so far statistically ahead since he adapted this that it's, uh, you know, now he's a statistical anomaly along with Adam Scott, so Brad Faxon is now rendered useless. I, I I never found how the facts made any sense in their argument. No, I mean, no, it made I, them adequate putters. They were never great with the locked-in method. Again, putting isn't the only thing. Just like distance is the only thing, putting isn't the only thing. D- distance isn't only relating to the ball. You, you know, you do have course conditioning. You do have setup. You do have speed of greens and speed of fairways. You do have uh, physical factors, people dedicating more time and energy to physical fitness. Like, it's just too much. Like, uh, you know... Uh, it, it's not as, as clean and simple as people want to make it out to be. Well, my last one, we have to get to this guy before we end. The, the man, the myth, the legend, Dean Wilson. I mean, how, how good does that golf swing still look? And I could just, like, put a loop in on video and just for rhythm, just sit there and watch that. I mean, well, I do that. I do, I do that. I mean, Dean, Dean uh, you know, I've spent the last – 15, 20 years swiping across it, not getting maximum distance out of my irons, um, you know, really tied. To, I mean, my results really tied to tempo that if I didn't take it back and, and if I had at all sped up that transition, which I do anyway, which sort of led to that cut across and the spin on my ball, you know, I've, I've been a eight, nine, 10, sometimes down to a seven handicap depending on how much I'm playing. And it was in August when I said to Dean, I said, Hey, am I taking a look? What what are your thoughts? And I mean, he, you know, he broke me like a horse. I mean, three hours on the driving range and he, he, he simplifies, took me back to the whole sort of roots of the swing and said, here's what you, you started me all over. And, um, and, and now he's got me going in such, I like, I've fallen back in love with the game. I'm going to the range three, four times a week. Uh, you know, having good result. One, my buddy's trip, you know, one, one uh, you know, one a skin the other day, one, made a hole in one, you know, like things are happening in the right way. And I, I have Dean Wilson to thank for that. He's, he, like John Ashworth, is just a cool spirit, uh, thoughtful, uh, walks the walk, uh, is just a committed guy who loves the game as much as, as you and I do. And, um, and 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 really understands the game, not only the swing but also the short game, the putting. I mean, he's one of the best putters I've ever seen. The stats all back that up, and uh, he's a real presence out at Goat Hill Park. Plays in the match play, brings out his dog, brings out his son. Always on the ring, you know. He's just um, he's a big part of this community. I'm in the match play tournament here at Goat Hill Park. That you know, again, par par, par sixty five. 22 of the 64 uh, c- contestants are scratch or better. Oh, and he's God. one of them. That's good. Yeah. That's good playing out there. Yeah. No, no. It's is, is he going to, ch- is he going to chase it on the champions tour? Or is he not want to do, do, deal with it and go do you'd that? Have to he, ask, he's got to be getting close, yeah, right? He's got to be close. You'd, you'd have to ask him. I, I have asked him. I, I don't think, I think he's pretty happy um, with the life he's leading right now. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think he, He's, he made he made you know made good money, good investments. He's got he's got a great lifestyle. He's very you know, I call her his wife. He, he lives with a woman, uh, Leanne, who's um, they're not you know technically married, but they but they might as well be. And um, she's amazing and uh, very successful. So he's pretty he's pretty set. He's 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 I, I I I I my goal is to live the life of Dean Wilson. That would be that would he be is, good. He's got that reputation. He is the man, isn't he? he is yeah, just, he's the man. Gosh, he's the man. But someone still that golf swing to me looks as good as it did when he was on tour. It's just effortless, man. It's just so pretty. It's just elegant. That's it. It's got an elegant golf swing, right? It's just yeah, elegant, classy, elegant. Yeah, it's and consistent. 
It's all good. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Matt. I really enjoyed it. I love what you're doing, like I said, uh, with your new projects. We'll look forward to this stuff uh, next year. And if people want to, uh, you know, uh, listen, find it, all that good stuff, where's the best spots for them to, to, to listen to what you're doing and the projects that you have coming up? Everything's on the firepitcollective.com, uh, socially, uh, Twitter, Matt, at Matt Janella, and Instagram, at Matt underscore Janella. We just uh, launched the Instagram page of the Fire Pit Collective. And, um, and again, lots of podcasts, uh, the Fire Pit Podcast with Matt Janella coming uh, for Season 2. We'll start dropping here in a couple of weeks. And then um, big announcement here in the next two weeks of uh, some um, additions to the content creation that we're very excited about. So uh, more to come. I appreciate Perfect. you doing this. I appreciate you, uh, the interest in, uh, and the thoughtful conversation. Uh, no worries. Thanks for doing as well. I enjoyed it, my man. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk soon.